0: Hey everyone, what's going on? It is Jay Scott. Welcome aboard another episode of the Hook Rocks podcast. The ultimate rock community podcast. Another episode, another journey, another conversation. We've got an incredible interview for you coming up with a couple members of the band Dirty Honey. We have John Notto, the guitar player, and Justin Smolian, the bass player. Fantastic interview, fantastic conversation about their upcoming debut album. Now, they did release an EP a couple years ago, but this is their first full-length album. It's eight songs of incredible hooks, incredible jams, incredible tunes. You will definitely like it. I am going to go out on a a limb here. It's not a a really big limb because I think it's almost definite that it's going to happen, that by this time next year, Dirty Honey will be gigantic through the stratosphere this album sets them up for all of that it is a great continuation from the EP and it builds on their success from those songs that they had I always like it when I see a band that I have dove into before and I, I like it when I see them take that leap I like when they take that next step and Dirty Honey takes that step and a couple more because the songs are so tight, and the, the songwriting is just incredible. You're going to be happy with this. The only disappointment on this album is that there's only eight songs. That's the only disappointment. But, hey, I'll take it because it's fantastic. And just going to run through some thoughts here on, on the album before we get to the interview here in a moment. California Dreaming starts off the album... It's the debut song. um, It's the lead song, the lead single from the album. Just a great song to just kind of cruise around to, take in the sun and feel your rock and roll. It is a great, great tune. It just starts the album outright. It sets the pace for the album. It sets the expectation for the album. And then the next two songs, The Wire and Tied Up, are just filled with great hooks and great riffs again, Mark sounds great, the band sounds great, I just am floored, you know, when I I first took this album in a couple weeks ago, I was just amazed at how it sounded, I know when I spoke to Mark in the fall of 2019, the plan was to record this in Australia, obviously due to COVID restrictions, that couldn't happen and like a lot of other bands they had to adapt and figure out a way to record the music so they talk about that Justin and John talk about that in the interview and how that came to be and, and what the process was and it's really interesting how they were able to do that you got to adapt these days because everything is so fluid and everything is so new and unlike before that if you don't adapt what's the old saying you know adapt or die i mean that's pretty much the way it is right now especially in music you got to figure out different ways to record you got to figure out how to mobilize your studio to have people record from different places if you guys can't be in the same room it's a lot different and i know their expectation was to go and record the album the same way they did the ep that didn't happen but i don't think they missed the beat because it is incredible moving on to take my hand another great track um i know they get compared a lot to aerosmith because that's what we do now we always compare bands and music to the bands of yesterday the legends of yesterday and i don't think they'll have a problem with i don't know if anybody band will have a problem with being compared to aerosmith but Yes, there are similarities with Aerosmith. There's a lot of Guns and Roses in this album too, as well. You do hear also a couple elements of Audio Slave, which is really interesting too. But Dirty Honey is standing on their own right now. I mean, this album—you can't deny their influences, and no band should. And in most bands, and in fact, all bands, wear their influences on their sleeves, and. It's got that funk, it's got that blues-driven rock similar to Aerosmith, it's got that angst of Guns N' Roses which is very prominent in this album around these songs and it also kind of adds in a, a few things new as well. Like I mentioned there's a couple riffs that are I can picture this on a on an Audio Slave album. This pays homage to Chris Cornell and Audio Slave. The riff, the hook, the delivery of the song, the lyrics I was in my car, and I was listening to it, and I'm like, I could totally picture Chris Cornell singing this song. And Mark LaBelle does a fantastic job. The whole band, John, Justin, and Corey are just phenomenal. Again, the growth here, especially on this song, because it's a little different than what we're used to from Dirty Honey, but they pull it off, and it sounds incredible. Gypsy is another one of my favorites on the album, Another great song, great hook, great, uh, great chorus. Again, the band just keeps building on each song. It's almost like I envision a staircase when I listen to this album. The first you know, step is California Dreamin', and each song just keeps going up that staircase and just getting better and better. No Warning and The Morning are also two great strong tracks, Love, love the songs. And my favorite is Another Last Time, which ends the album. Just another incredible track. A lot of influences to maybe a little bit of Hendrix. Great blues number. Blues influences too, as well. Just, I can't say enough about it. This is an exciting album. I'm excited for others to hear it and for all of my listeners to take this in because I don't know what's going to happen from now until the end of the year, but. With almost certainty, this will be one of the top albums that people listen to and people take in. And again, if you're saying that New Rock sucks and New Rock stinks or whatever, you're just not listening because no one that listens to this album can think that with a clear head. No one. And if you want to be a relic, if you want to live in the past and not offer yourself the joy of something new the joy of something different, the joy of good rock music, I don't know what to tell you at this point because a band like Dirty Honey is embarking on a journey and they're taking us with them and if you're not on, you know, if you're not on the bus right now, it's going to be hard to get on because these guys are about to take off with this record. It is so good. Sonically, it's so good. I I will say John's guitar playing on this album really just... Raises the bar and Justin and Corey sound so tight. There was a moment where I was listening to, I think it was Take My Hand or Tied Up, one of the two. And I was listening to it. I'm like, wow, the bass sounds incredible on this song. And then the drums, I mean, they're so tight, they're so locked in with each other. And it just feeds off that. The songs just feed off that tightness of Justin and Corey. And John, you know, with his guitar playing he's in my opinion going to be recognized as the next guitar hero i know we talk about tyler bryan a lot we talk about the kiska kid from greta van fleet both exceptional both great guitar players i think john natto after this album is going to be included in that and of course mark what can you say about mark labelle man he's got a great voice he's got the look he's got the presence and again folks mark my words This point next year, your kids are gonna be talking about them. They're gonna be everywhere. Dirty Honey is about to leaps and bounds through whatever it's called. The stratosphere, the I don't know, the realm of awesomeness, I will call it. You check it out for yourself. The album is out on April 23rd, and I've got my pre-order in, so I'm excited. Get your pre-order in. It's available on their website. You can get it also the, you know, all the normal spots too, like Amazon. You can buy the by the stream. Buy the physical copy. Stop just pulling songs from the air. Buy the physical copy. Trade in your new car without a CD player. Go buy a used car from like 2017, 2018 that has a CD player in it. I did that. I, I actually did that. I had to get a car last summer. And I was looking at the brand new model of the car that I bought and it didn't have a CD player in it. And I asked the sales guy, I'm like, how come it doesn't have a CD player? And he's like, oh, you know, the new models don't. I'm like, is that for every car? He's like, for the most part, yeah. I go, do you have anything on the lot in, you know, with this model with a CD player? And I was like, well, we've got a 2018. I'm like, let me look at it. How many miles are on it? He's like, oh, like 27,000, blah, blah, blah. So I got in, looked at it, had the CD player. I'm like, I'll take it. He's like, you're going to buy a car solely on the fact that it has a CD player. I'm like, yes. Yes, I will. Because I don't like just pulling things from out of the air, like music. I like to have the physical copy in my hand. And you can ask my son, the Youth Rocks, at the Youth Rocks on Twitter. My car always has CDs in it, and I'm always listening to CDs in my car. I do have an iPod for when I work out or if I'm taking my dog for a walk I'll listen to that but for the most part I'm always getting deliveries at my door of CDs because I just love it so go out and buy Dirty Honey's self-titled debut full-length album go buy the physical copy and also buy the stream too buy both so you have it so you're a little flexible with your life anyway check out the interview thanks for listening talk to you soon Good evening, everybody. It is Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. Just wanted to, again, welcome you back to the podcast where we're talking music, music commentary, music interviews, talking rock, being escaped for you during these times. And I'd like to welcome in two members of the band Dirty Honey, and that is guitarist John Notto and bassist Justin Smolian. What's going on, guys? How are you?
2: We're just kicking it, man. Killing, dude. Doing
0: a lot of nothing. Doing a lot of nothing. I am excited for this interview because, gosh, it's been was fall of 2019. I had the pleasure of interviewing Mark, and you guys were just, uh, I think, doing your first tour in the States. You guys, yep. were, you know, I was a huge fan, and now I've been able to hear the new album, and I am just absolutely blown away.
2: Oh, I'm I'm glad to hear that, and I really appreciate it. Uh, we're we're very proud, and I'm just pumped. I think I think I just think it's going to be fun to perform this stuff.
0: It is, man. It totally sounds. I mean, I have a 16 year old son, and he is like the the song uh, California Dreaming. He has sat in his room for the last week trying to learn those riffs, trying to learn that song.
2: Uh, it, it's just, it's just one of the most inspiring things for us to get that back. And it's kinda of like my favorite that's the way that I want to be a teacher. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't really fancy sitting down in the room and actually teaching the kid. I wanna but you know, I wanna put put this stuff out and inspire kids to, to seek it out. And it's 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 really inspiring.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well we always start the same way every time we have new guests on The Hook Rocks, and that's the essence of the show. Just like every rock song that has a hook, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you guys?
2: Oh, that hooked me on rock and roll. Um,
3: well, I mean, the
2: album that hooked me on rock and roll was like Zeppelin one 2. And uh, I had just started guitar lessons because... Um, I had, you know, I was showing some promise at it. A friend's dad who played the punk band showed, showed me some uh, some chords and I got them right away. So I got lessons and the guy was um, a classic rockhead. And so he introduced me to Stairway to Heaven. And I was picking that up pretty good. And I went home and I, I asked my mom who this guy Led Zeppelin was. And she kind of laughed and went to her record collection, which I had ignored to that point. And she pulled out the devil too, and that, that really changed everything. I have specifically the the guitar, the whole song, whole lot of love because that's the first song you hear. Um, the riff, the groove, and the the psychedelic part, and that guitar
4: solo break. I mean, I just that was like that's amazing. Uh, for me, I was probably like 12 years old, and all my friends really got into like grunge, punk rock. And I got the album Muddy Banks' Wish Cop, which was like the live Nirvana record. Um, and I didn't know anything about the band really except for the single. And from there, I kind of like, yeah, tapped into my dad's record collection and also got left up with two. Um, but yeah, I really loved just like the aggressiveness and rawness in Nirvana. Like I'd watch the videos and see them just going crazy, destroying stuff. Um, but I guess the big game changer for me was some girl in high school. Let me borrow her Appetite for Destruction CD, which I never needed pack because after I heard that, it's completely changed rock and roll for me. And because they had that that punk attitude and craziness, but they also had amazing musicianship and great songs. And you know, I love love the way they look. It was just like I was like, that's the whole package for me when I got Appetite. Yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: Where
0: did it go from there? I mean, I mean, you guys heard these iconic albums and from these iconic bands. What was it that drove the evolution for you guys to want to perform and being a band? Well,
2: you just want to be cool like that. I think when you're when you're a kid, you know, I was already jumping off my coffee table to the school bus, air guitaring to just music on a stringless ukulele. <laughs> uh, Nobody in my family played ukulele. I don't even know where we had it. But, um, you know, so there was already that. I mean, you know, I've always had the desire to perform in front of people. Like we used to, me and my friends used to invite um, our parents over and charge them a penny to get into the yard. And then we'd throw on these like dance shows. (laughs) Not that we worked anything out. We were just flopping around, you know. Um, I've always liked to be the funny guy. And I think just guitar... Um, Like I said, guitar, I just had a leg up on right away. And then, you know, so teachers were like, well, here's the pinnacle of guitar music. And I just was enthralled. Um, And, and you know, in the 90s, rock wasn't all the way gone yet. So you, you could still see, you could still follow the trail um, of you know, rock star, So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just... That's what starts it, and then, you know, we were just the guys who found each other who still, um, we took, as far as the band goes, we took musicianship seriously, but we were just like, we love rock and roll, so we we found Mark and we played in this crappy bar, and um, we caught a (laughs) break.
0: It's amazing, because you guys, you know, are at the forefront of the new rock scene right? And, you know, ever since 2019, when you released your first music, your first EP, and now, you know, with this album, the momentum has been building and and building. When you guys were recording this album, and you had a lot of unknown and uncertainty with what's going on in the world, how did you guys navigate through that with your creativity?
4: I mean, I think we realized we had the make a great record i mean we always that's always the goal anyways but it just us to do that even more because we did have so much momentum in it you know hearing you say that that's just like a breath you know like that's the word at the forefront I'm like what are you talking about i've been sitting in my apartment for a year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah like it, it, we really did feel like we had so much momentum and to have it all grind to the hall was pretty crazy so i think we took all that energy and tried to put it in the record um, and we just spent a lot of time. We got a, uh, a rehearsal studio, and we spent a ton of time working on these songs. And not just that, but John, Corey, and I would just get together without Mark and play songs from our favorite records, or just yeah. stuff that we were hard just to make us a better band. So I think you're going to hear us uh, just progress as a band on this record too. We just we just play even well, uh, even better together than I think we did before.
0: That's one of the things that I did notice was the synergy was, I mean, it was there, you know, with the EP, but what stuck out was just how tight you guys were and how, it's almost like you're all evolving as artists still, right? You're still young in your career, but it's like you guys are are evolving together as a unit, and that's really special to hear.
2: Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad to hear that. And I think it's important for us for that to be, Uh, present always and it's also I'm hopeful that while that exists it's also not too much of an art band you know it's still palatable and like it with big songs you know and and, um, you want every guitar solo every melody every riff and groove to be something that gets stuck in your head you know at the same time, here hear us grow as artists. So it, I'm really hoping that that comes across to everybody and, and that everybody develops their own connection to it.
0: You guys were supposed to record in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. yeah. That was the original plan. And how did you guys, you know, obviously things happen and, and the world, you know, was burning down there for a while. And how did you guys, you know, change and kind of adapt you know what what went through that process
2: it was really just a uh over your options you know yeah the first couple of months we were kind of like
4: oh maybe we'll open up and we'll go to australia in july and then august and then once we kind of realized it just wasn't going to happen because we hadn't hit the record this year yeah um and luckily nick media our producer he, he used to live in L.A. and he worked at hits and recording studios for like 20 years. Um, and he got us in there. Um, and we made the record um, using audio movers, which is kind of like Zoom or Pro Tools. And uh, we, just, we did the same thing in our rehearsals. Like you'd be there over Zoom and over audio movers, like listening to us rehearse the songs. Um, and it honestly worked out way better than we expected. Like, I think we all had pretty low expectations of it, so... When it actually worked, we were all like, Yes. Yeah. It really was kinda of like easing the room. I thought the act was cool.
2: well yeah, the what's called listen to. Um but it's by audio movers. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, we like plugging that because everyone wants to focus on the zoom factor, but I zoom was not as full point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we we just went through the options and uh, you know that was the best one. Um so it ended up being that Uh, did you mention Tom? I did not. Yeah. So we ended up, although our producer wasn't in the room, he was able to get um, a guy kind of next in his lineage. So our producer came up under Brendan O'Brien. And then when he branched out on his own, uh, that's Nick. When Nick branched out on his own, this guy Tom replaced him as Brendan's head engineer. And so when we needed somebody stateside to, you know, be in the room and, and handle the, the, the board and do it. Tom was available. So it was it was just another extension of how this whole thing's operated with, with like people we trust and people that are close and, and, and kind of know strange. So Tom fit right in and he knew Nick very well and they both knew, you know, Brendan.
4: They both know Brendan very well and they both came up in the same school. So and and we did it in a room that Nick was very familiar with. He made, you know, ready to get the Sheen record in there. I think they made a Pearl Jam record in that room. Yeah, yeah. So it
2: just it was it 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 was it, it was it was so seamless. I it's very surprising.
0: Did you guys write this album during the pandemic, or were these songs you know demoed beforehand?
2: Both, and some of them were already in performance on the tour. So the wire and tied up and take my hand were already.
4: Uh, we played those at our last show. Yeah,
2: we played those at the last show. Um, I pretty much think as they were as they were the versions are essentially the same.
4: Yeah, maybe lyric changes, but yeah, some lyric changes and stuff, and some guitar solo perfections. But um, yeah, and then we 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 kind of had the bed for a few. Like I remember we were rehearsing the ballad at sound check. Um, and what are we?
2: We did it at one of two sound effects, yeah. I don't remember doing that actually.
0: But, um, we did. <laughs> I thought we were doing the other ballad. We, we did the gym, yeah. Did you I find? I think is lying to you. Lying. Lying. <laughs> did you guys find like your creativity or, or your or your maybe sense of what was going on in the world affected your creativity at all?
2: Well, I think, I think it was like a, we got lemons. So we decided to make lemonade kind of thing where we just, we just said, well, okay, this is just a lot of free time. If there's, if there's one thing that we wanted to come out of this saying at least one thing entirely benefited from this break and that was the record. So it affected us in that we just,
4: what, what if you're a creator, what do you do with free time? You create. Um. So it was really productive the first six months, but after we made the record, we haven't done
2: anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, it's a slow start to get the ball rolling on the on the early nuggets for the next, you know, proposed record. So everybody's noodling around in their apartment trying to come up, drum up things. and But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that, that the short answer is that's, that's how it affected us. It, it definitely made a better record.
0: So. I also imagine too it also gave you an, a sense of a, an escape for what you're doing you know kind of you, you get in that bubble right you know everything's happening around you you know during the summer there was the protest, you have an election season that was really toxic. you have the pandemic and then you're making a record and you're focused on that and it kind of allows you to kind of leave this place we're in and kind of go yeah. into your own and you, you know you do your own thing.
2: It definitely, I noticed, um, in comparison to some other people or, you know, friends of mine or, you know, stories about what their families were going through, I realized it really gave us a leg up, at least while we still had to work on it. Um, and even this, like doing the press, we've always had, we've had this sort of um, tether to the future that's kind of kept us going. Some people, I mean, they just lost their jobs, and in some cases, they're a place to live, and it's just like... They have no idea what they're going to do when this is over, and we're already we already have contingency plans for when it's over, and you know we had the record to work on. So yeah, it was a it wasn't a, a much needed escape to at least have something that represents your future to work on while the world is on fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I've I've talked to so many artists who recorded albums during this time. I I had a conversation in the fall with Tyler Bryant, and he had the studio in his basement and that the band just came and stayed there and they just recorded this album and it was like they were just doing their thing and, and living in their bubble. And it was interesting to hear that. And I imagine for a lot of bands like yourselves, it, it does, it, you know, you, you don't want to hear the news after a while. You don't want to really know because it's the same thing over and over again. It's like groundhog day. And, you know, Making music and being creative gives you that element, or gives you that way to kind of step back and 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 enjoy life while others may not. And, and, and as kind of difficult as that may sound, it does give you, you know, something to look forward to.
4: Yeah, dude, it's funny that you mentioned Groundhog Day. Like John, like a month straight was posting on an Instagram story, like. You put on Groundhog Day on a TV and like record it and post it over and over again. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's
2: a whole, yeah, the, like the scene where the, where the, um, where the hot clock goes off and it's like, yeah, let's your hand on my hand.
4: <laughs> Every day I wake up and i go on Instagram and i see that and i was like, oh my God, things are changed. That's hilarious
2: too, to think back. I thought I was going to, that it wasn't going to be that long, so I'd just do that. <laughs>
4: Imagine if I did that for a year straight. Yeah, you gave up eventually. You <laughs> I gave up. You're <laughs> like, wait, this is groundhog
0: Well, for at least like a split second every morning, like you see, like you said, you're like, wait, is this really the same day, or is this really happening? And then, you know, you realize that it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. when you think about where you guys are at early on in your career right now. And the future is bright and the album's coming out and the album sounds awesome. And you hear a lot about rock and roll. You mentioned in the beginning of our conversation how rock was still around in the nineties, you know, you had to, you know, kind of sniff the trail and find it. But even more so now you really gotta go and look for it. But I think that's changing as bands like Dirty Honey and others are making new great music and, and you know, connecting with the youth of America. Where do you guys see yourselves and where do you guys see, you know, rock music as it progresses in the next year or so?
2: Well, I, I hope to see it, um, affecting, you know, more kids across America that we're already seeing. We're seeing a lot of people trying to learn the songs. We're seeing it not just be the, you know, the people of my parents age and younger, like remembering their childhood. We're actually seeing the teens and stuff get into it. And I think there is a pocket of teens who aren't just into the pop music of today. And I I hope to see, uh, I I hope that we're, we're that thing that they get to go see that reminds them of Led Zeppelin that they love over, you know?
4: Yeah. And I think especially everybody being cooped up this past year, everybody wants a reason to be rebellious and they want to go crazy. And I'm really hopeful that, that rock's can be that thing that they turn to. Um, I mean, there is a lot of great music out there, but there's not really a lot that has that message right now, to me at least, personally.
2: No. I mean, if you look at it, like, you look at, it, like, uh, like, the Silksonic thing that just came out with Mars and, and there's, and like, there's, and I, when I saw the Grammy performance, I was like, man, they're totally doing a retro thing up I mean, there in the, I don't know what you call those types too. it's the big lapels, and Totally, this tribute thing, and then I kind of went down the rabbit hole of Bruno Mars, and I was like, "Man, he's always been a it's retro. Always been, he's always been a retro tribute, even before like, the 24 karat magic stuff." Uh, like, no,
4: yeah, I know it like Tupac; it was all every different song was like a tribute to a certain style music. Yeah, yeah,
2: and I'm like, man, I guess it'd be great for us to somehow hit that level where it's like, if he just read yeah, and I think the line, and I think, I think the the. The, the thread is he always writes great melodies throughout the entire song. Mm-hmm. And I think we're definitely trying to do that. Um, we want every part of our song to be a, basically a hook. Um, and not like some sort of sell-out way. It's just like the effect that has. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. So, uh, you know, all killer, no filler. So yeah, I hope that new fashion rock and roll could could get the same nod that like a Bruno Mars does, you know, and I, I think we have what it takes to do it. You know, we just got to
0: get back out on the road. Ah! Well, I think that's true, right? I mean, I, I do agree with you. You know, kids today for the last year have been sitting at, at home doing the same thing every day for the most part, and rock thrives when there's angst and there's rebellion, and I think – During this past year, I can see it with my son, his friends, he is getting tired of the same music that everyone's been listening to, whether it's hip hop or pop, and they've turned to rock and roll. They've turned to bands like Dirty Honey. We just had, you know, I know they're a classic rock band and they're a legacy band, but ACDC comes out with this album in November that everybody from young kids to older you know, people like myself... Resonated with it And it was like A celebration of rock music And I think It's going to be that way Where there's so many New bands So many new great bands Where you're just Not going to be able To get away from it It's going to be there And you're going to You know It's like You're not going to have a choice But to be like This is really cool This is awesome
2: Yeah I, Yeah Hopefully man You know we're just we're, All we can do is Work hard Towards that direction And see And see what uh, Kind of fruit it bears You know So far It's, it's been Bared a lot of great fruit, you know. We just got this uh, big wrench thrown into the thing um, with a world health risk. So yeah. I'm fascinated. I'm ready to go. Justin's
0: ready to go. <laughs> and last question, too. I I, mean- I, I, no, last, Yeah, last question. Um, the Grammys were a couple weeks ago, and the winner of the Grammys, which was The Strokes, made a comment about how they don't. We don't need any more blues rock. Lose rock is worn out. It's n- n- there's no imagination in it. What do you who said guys that? feel? The Strokes. Who said that? Uh, the oh,
1: who said that?
0: <laughs> oh, the Strokes. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. on that?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, nobody needs any. Nobody needs a, a facsimile of anything, you know. And I think that's the literal translation there. And the other translation there, what what. You know, I don't know much about the strokes, but I don't know that guy. But what he's really saying, anyone who says that is they're just frustrated with the blues rock that has come out, and it maybe sounding too too repetitive, too tired, too generic, yeah. too generic. It starts to sound generic. You know, it's like it's like the Black Keys came in, and and put a, a, an original spin on it by kind of making it hipster and adding sort of that like. What I, what, my LA reference is like adding like a silver bike sound, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everyone does that. Now, there's, there's there's so many bands who basically are doing their take on Black Keys. So I could get where that's tired. And then there's, there's, you know, and we found this too, there's like another element of the blues rock where if, if the band says they're retro, they don't have hooks, they don't have big songs. It's like they left that part out. They don't have Welcome to the Jungle. They don't have, um, you know, Paradise City,
4: That's
2: a good Out. It's like they just have like heavy riff and then a bunch of guitar stuff and like soulful singing, but not, not the songs. And so that I that sounds like a comment.
4: That's the frustration with that more than one knows what the world needs. Yeah. The world needs
2: just something awesome.
4: Yeah, and I, I hear that too. I, I think what we're bringing, I, I don't even consider this a blues rock band. Yeah. Um, but I think what we're bringing back to rock and roll is really. Roll the swing. Yeah. Like we don't like I think what they're talking about with that blues rock is it's all very straight. It doesn't really have like the sexiness and the groove yeah. of the rock and roll bands that I personally really loved. It kinda of ends up heavy and dirgy
2: and kind of, you know you can't dance to it. Yeah.
0: Well, I also think too that over the last decade or so, people have tried to redefine rock music and I think that correlates with how rock music has kind of faltered in the last decade Because I think people are Instead of celebrating what rock What makes rock music great They're trying to redefine it And make it something different And I think that if, if we embrace if, if people embrace what has made rock awesome Through decade after decade after decade I think it will Come back. I think it will connect with the youth because I see my son and his friends. I keep mentioning him and his friends, but they're listening to you guys. They're listening to Greta Van Fleet, South of Eden, Joyous Wolf, all those bands that have the bluesy element to it or the influence of blues in their music, and I think that's connecting with the kids, whereas some of the stuff where they hear, like, well, that's not rock music. I don't think that's rock. I think if we celebrate what's made it awesome, I think it will in turn – come back.
2: And, you know, we, we call ourselves new fashion rock and roll. You know, I, I think we're, we're not rock music. You know, rock to me is is, is is rock is this evolution that happened after rock and roll where they took out the roll, they took out the swing, they took out the groove, they took out the blues. Great point. And it became very, it became very, you know, heavy. The heavy, it's like, it's like, it, was, it was like guys who want to want to be catchy on the radio but kind of feel like metal you yeah. know and we we have something close to that maybe in Break You but even then it reminds me more of an early Van Halen song than it does anything else so yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, otherwise you know, it's new fashion rock and roll baby
0: well guys it's been a blast thank you very much for doing this it's it's been a, a pleasure I, I love the new album I love the new songs and I think you know, you guys are, are right right there to just jump through the stratosphere.
1: Well,
2: I think thank you, Jay. I just realized you're the you're the hook rocks and, and that's that's our that's our vibe, dude. Hooks and rocking.
0: That's why that's I why know. I had to have you guys on.
2: Yeah. Well I appreciate it, dude. Thank you for the time and uh, hopefully we get to see you in person one day.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, everybody, again, that's Justin and John from Dirty Honey. New new album is out April 23rd. Go out and check it out. I'm April. Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Hi.